we'll just start talking. What have you got? People can see me in real time working. You know what I mean? So people know that it's not a fraud that I do actually slacking. work. You ain't lacking, mate. Here we are. I've made this for the new season. Look, everyone can just talk to us and say what they think of it. What page is that? All right, for the early comers. Hey, look at this. Guys, you're, you getting, a, you're getting a Terry and Pom marketing meeting live. <laughs> Here we are. Right, let's upload this. I'm backlogged in so I can I, I can be in control. I have power. You've got admin. admin hey, uh, be, hey, people in chat, be careful. I have power, total power. <laughs> Here we are. Look, so these were the old ones, right? Ah, uh, yes. You ready? I'm ready. Wow. Great photo as well. You've nailed that. Look at that. That's very good. Well, that's our fault this year when we do like our previews and stuff. That's all going to update. So your TPI rank is the rank of their position. Age, games. Oh, mate. Look at that. That's brilliant. Hey, hey, uh, hey, say yeah. You find me a fan channel in world sport as good as this. <laughs> there ain't one. We're doing our best. We've still got like four minutes. You know what we're going to do for those of you who have come early? Hello, Christian. Hello, Luke. Chris Beach and Indiana. Beachy. We're going to play the game. <laughs> what a great name as well, Indiana. Indiana is a great name. What have we got? We're going to play just to get us all warmed up before the show starts. All right. No, oh, I don't know if we should do this. This is this is just going to piss me off. <laughs> just don't just don't listen to chat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, Paul. Welcome, mate. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, any idea on this one? <laughs> Dale Waitman looks like the kind of guy that does a mean barbecue. It's got to be Crawford, though, hasn't it? All right. Okay. It's got to be. Look, there he is. Rashudo. Oh, yeah, we just get him out of the cheers, Tex. <laughs> there we are. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It, KB. Easy done. Easy done. There we are. See, just needed that. Lewis is back. Uh, I'd still say KB, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. To be fair, Lewis, that's the first time he's been wrong, to be fair. True. This would be Sticks. I think this is also Sticks. Yeah, I think it's also Sticks. Yeah. Oh. Cruising five hundred. Those a horrible number. It is. Oh, Kurt Tippett. <laughs> Kurt Tippett should be on like about eight thousand. Do you remember how much they used to talk about Kurt Tippett? Yeah, I do. I do. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't come to us. To be honest, give, his... <laughs> <laughs> give it. Give it time, mate. Give it time. Uh, uh, I'm still going to go BT. I think it's ten years. That's what a lot of goals a year. Fifty-two point seven a year. Versus what? A nine-year career. And he was injured a lot. Yeah, it's BT. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, Kurt Tiffert had more injuries than some Carlton players. I'm tempted to go Terry Danaher just because he's got a great name. I'm pretty sure it is Terry Danaher. He's, he's, he's an icon, isn't he, at Essendon? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Tez. Yes. Uh, For the Tez. Oh. Roughhead, this was an awkward number, I think. Did Roughhead kick 500? I can't... It feels like he must have done, doesn't it? Like, you know what I mean? He must have done. How many goals did Roughhead kick? Someone in chat, you must know. Surely, oh, right? Surely. He kicked a lot of goals and he won a Coleman medal. But then again, it is the noughties, 90s, isn't it? So... I'm like, going to go Ruffy. I think but I like Ruffy. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he had a 500 along the way. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure I remember a 500. This is definitely Ruffy. Jeff Farmer. 
Peter German. <sighs> Horrible surname. <laughs> I think this is Farmer. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure I saw Peter German in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> oh, this would be Bill. Yeah, right? he's got gangly, but he's got them. But it's only two hundred goals, isn't it? But I've got to say, he's got he's got the shoulders of a fullback. He does have the arms of a fullback. <laughs> That's oh, sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's all right. And based on his goal kicking there for that time period, it has to be big guys. I think I'll go Bill as well. I'm happy with that. Yeah, easy. Look at this. When we don't think about it, we play well. Decent rig on Winston there. We had him recently, Abraham. We had him. The rig rings a bell. 293. Six years is a Six long years. time to kick 293. Yeah, I'm going to go in, Gaz. In today's football, yeah. Yeah. Cyril. Yeah, surely. Oh, wow. It's a bit of a lower number than what I expected, to be honest. John Kennedy, he was a midfielder, no? Yeah, and in the 80s, well, lots. 273, though, is... I would have said for a midfielder, that would have been pretty impressive with that length of career. But John Kennedy, Cyril... I, you see, the thing is, you can't think of a goal that John Kennedy kicked, can you, on highlights? No, you can't. You can't. So it's not like, you know, Dacos and stuff like that, where there's always a goal you remember. All right. We're getting heavy Cyril comments yeah, in the chat. Cyril. All right. On oh, yeah, That's a good one. That's for the tight chat. as well. That is tight. Very good. Nate's easy. Yeah, he had like six, yeah. I was going to say it was over five. Probably still go Nate's here. Yeah. yeah. Look at the face on Paul there. Yeah. John Peck. Yeah, Johnny Peck. He looks like the heartthrob in every 40s movie. Dids did not kick 475. Look at this. Rolling through. McKernan for sure. Oh, wow. We are flying. Uh, probably still go McKernan. Yeah. Oh. I hate it when he does that, when he jumps from nine. Nicky Holland. <sighs> yep. <sighs> okay. This game. This game. Kind of wanted that to end, low key. <laughs> this game. I know. Whoever, honestly, yeah. that game is addictable, but also annoying. Has got the first Terry run of 2023, though, which is a huge dub. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Broad Show. It's Monday, the 27th of February, 2023. We've had a practice match. We've got another one coming up on Friday. We've had a big week. Uh, it finally feels normal. Pommy, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Good day, chat. Good day, Taz. It feels good, doesn't it? I mean, we are Ooh. right, but I mean, I just did a review of all the games and I haven't done that for what feels like ages so it's really nice to actually be back in talking footy and not talking you know potentially actually having some physical content it's not hypothetical anymore so now i feel yeah it's we're whittling down the days aren't we as well do you know what i mean it's like just round the corner now yeah well i mean <laughs> i had a look at the the fixture for this week we've got a friday night 7 10 p.m start so i mean that's friday night in for all of us Watch along, fan cams, Saturday morning review. This is life, mate. This is life. Footy, footy is footy's normal. I really I say it every year. Footy is a part of the culture here. Without it, it's just not the same. It's I mean, it time stands still, doesn't it, really? So I yeah. mean, we've we're on the precipice. And like you say, next week, Sydney game, the last time we'll see these boys where there isn't four points to play. So, basically, the prep's nearly done. This is like a dress rehearsal for round one. Yeah, well, we've got we've actually got to be a little bit on time tonight because it's um, well. That's funny to say that because we were just playing a, a game before the show started. But um, the blue, the almost Blues brothers are actually making 
their Monday night debut tonight, 8 p.m. I've got the premiere scheduled for 8.05, actually, just in case. Uh, so we're going to finish the show at about 8 p.m. And you guys are going to get two hours of, of Carlton content tonight. So we look forward to that. It is a premiere for the Blues Brothers, almost Blues Brothers tonight. So you'll be able to watch the live chat uh, with the boys in the chat while they put their recorded show up. Um, you know, jump a punch tomorrow and, and that's it, mate. Watch along back Friday. We're officially, we're officially on. We're officially back. Mate, yeah, well, new chance, everything. So uh, you might get some of them if uh, some of these new kids kick goals. Got some new chance for the new boys as well. So now I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. Yeah. That's that's hopefully, I'm just wanting to see a watch along for a final. Yeah. That's the yeah, plan. Well, that's, that's the plan this year. One final. Um. All right. Top of the agenda. Why don't we start with, oh, shout out Zach Williams. Shout out Zach Williams. Um, loved. Very great. First of all, grateful for him for making himself available and giving up his time and offering up his time. Um, you know, usually with, a, with an interview like that, you you don't want to push the bill on how long you do it for, but he he, he would have chatted for longer. Um, also, when you think about it, his, his role now, like his role now is to be a good energy at the club. Yep, hasn't gone his way. He's done his ACL. He's done for the year. But his role now is to really lead with his, you know, positive energy and help coach and facilitate. Uh, I don't know. What did you think of it, Pommy, and, and you guys at home? What did you learn about Zach Williams, if anything? Well, I mean, I think the big thing for me, and it wasn't new, I've kind of got to, doing this caper with you, I've kind of got to know the players on a more personal level. Um, but you you really do see he's actually a person. I think sometimes it's hard for us to realise that they're not people. I know that sounds weird, but they kind of put on a pedestal. There's kind of a layer of expectation, a bit like what we talked about with Ginevan last week. Do you know what I mean? It's sometimes hard to realise that they are human beings. At the end of the day, they're not perfect. And he was a man who spoke with a lot of passion. Do you know what I mean? But you could see when he was talking about the injuries that there was, his eyes kind of glazed over in the terms of, you could feel there was a bit of pain there as well, which yeah. is interesting because, do you know what I mean? A lot of people, I've seen the comments. Um, if you go on his Instagram, there's some complete dickheads, excuse my friends, you were like, oh, 800k a year to feed a baby and stuff like that. There is no way on God's green earth that many footballers, I think, ever would be happy to be injured and being paid. I don't think that's it. I think they'll be blessed to be paid, but I don't think... And that's what I took out. It was a man that you could see. I, I got out of it that when he gets his chance, you're going to see something. You're going to see something because I think this year, by all reports, he was fitter than he's ever been. I think that'll hurt him because he's probably done things this year he hasn't done before that are probably right. Do you know what I mean? He's done everything by the book and to be punished the way he has, um, just football, isn't it? But like you say, positive influence around the dressing room. He's going to yeah. be the cheerleader, really, isn't he? He's going to be the yeah, cheerleader exactly right. and someone to lean on. Well, he gets to watch... A kid like Lucky Cowan and give him give him pointers. He gets to watch from, I guess, beyond the inner sanctum. He's obviously part of the inner sanctum. Um, but I think also it was a reminder. I mean, we don't we don't speak to players often at all, uh, let alone players who are on a you know a, having a, a long term injury layoff. Um, it really forced me to think like think about like that day to day, you know, icing the knee every day. It's a reminder. He's obviously, he's got a, a little girl as well. She's just turned one uh, little Ayla. And it just reminded me of like the, the, the realness of, of life, the day to day life. And I, I made the comment during the chat and I've made it a couple of times. I remember when we chatted, when I chatted with Nathan Buckley, I made the same comment. Like we, the players, we watch them as players only. So we, we, we create this, personality based on how they play football but them as humans for the most part i would assume they're different to the way they play football football is almost the way they express themselves uh, i don't know if they are the exact type of person uh, off the field as what they are on the field so yeah it's it, it was cool and always always grateful to have those little little opportunities along the way something that i'm a firm believer and not just because i'm a part of blue abroad that i think that the club needs to create more access and we're seeing it slowly from other football clubs as well but 
it's so important that you see that side of them because you're so right. We get this impression that, you know, watching Lockie this weekend, Cowan, you know, very tough individual, guaranteed if you sat with him and had a beer, it's probably a softer than you've ever thought of. It's quite surprising. A lot of these footballers, how they play is the opposite of how they are personally. And that kind of works for a lot of people. I've played sport and I'm sure people in chat of particularly soccer, guys who were psychopaths on the field, but are the calmest, happiest people I've ever met off it. It's their outlet as well. It's probably their chance to be everything that they're not and express themselves, kind of like us on this. This is our chance to, a lot of people might not know we're, we're this bubbly and energetic. I know people watch my watch-alongs and they've never seen that side of me. So I understand it. It's nice to break the shroud and mystery. And I think Zach is a very wonderful young human being and I um, wish him the best. Can't wait to see him back out there, but hopefully he's uh, watching a flag from the sidelines this year. Yeah. I liked hearing him talk about the the practice match. It's probably a good segue into the practice match just around, uh, you know, from his lens, he's looking at how are we controlling the ball, knowing that Colin would move the ball quickly uh, when they're coming at us, they move the ball with speed and our ability to position ourselves and and stay in control. So, you know, Pommy, you've done your review. I've done my review. I think everyone's done their review. Um, now that the dust has settled from the weekend, because I think there was a bit of excitement from the game as well. Um, what did you learn from one practice match or what's something that has entered your realm of thought after that practice match going into next week or this week? I think if you watch all the top sides, this 16 sides played this week. Um, I think if you watched all 16, I implore you to, because I think it gives you a good perspective on where Carlton are. All of them are working on facets of their game plan, and you can see it was a very clear focus. There's three tiers, I think. Intra-club, any idiot can stand out in intra-club. You know what's coming. They play with each other every day. This is probably the next tier, and then next week, is the harder tier because the intensity has to ramp up as they get ready for round one. I thought, for me, Zach nailed it with how we control what they do. I thought when you're seeing things like Cowan haven't haven't done this before, but generally they've deployed Harry and Charlie in defence to stop the intercept. Great idea because they're tall. Suicidal when you're playing small, quick players like that. The fact that Blake Akers is tall enough to become that area, the fact that we're looking for more overlap run, which protects you on turnover, they were really huge. And I think they stand out to a blind person as well. Everyone I've spoke to since watching the reviews and stuff, they've gone back and watched it. And it's really prevalent in how it is, particularly Harry kicked two goals off the back of our ability to turn the ball over by having ball users to turn it over. So... I, I think that's a huge amendment for the game plan because that is, I'd say, number one concern because Collingwood battered us doing that twice. That was where I think 80% of their points came from in the first game and nearly 100 in the last sec in the second half of the last game. So there are definitely areas that Collingwood could exploit and I felt that was good. I did like the way as well that the boys in that five got that six-goal swing a lot of people have made out there was two chances, actually, Carlton had in between that. If they could kick straight, it would have stopped. But I felt the big takeout for me was everyone tried to stick to that new game plan. Play the ball shorter, look to play aggressively. L Lewis Young did it twice, made a mistake. And looking back, in reality, that's probably Mitch McGovern. That's, that, that's, that's Marchbank who will play that role. Lewis Young was kind of the only guy who could do it. So it's, I think there's signs there for me that definitely the boys have worked on what needed to be worked on. And obviously I want to see this in a real game, but you can see it's going to take a while because Lewis Young was guilty of that 90 meter, kick the ball as high as I can to clear my lines, which, which then Jamie Elliott scored off the resulting turnover. That's going to take a while though, because that's been there since Bolton. So yeah, for a lot of these players, that's the only way they've played. And last year was probably the first year anyone called them. So I think that's exciting as moving forward. I think that's something for us to be excited about. Yeah, it, that that bomb panic kick under pressure in defensive 50 is certainly one that I'd love to see less and less. I always notice the really, really good sides 
have this ability to just stay in the moment when that happens rather than just, I mean, sometimes a clear kick is the move, but sometimes it's not. So I'm interested to see how that one improves this year. I think the big thing as well is that you actually saw the way that they transitioned the ball. I don't think it's a surprise that Chincotta, Cowan, Akers, Chera definitely were the better users when that moment was going bad because they've never been here. So Chera's been here 12 months since that's changed. Cowan's fresh off the boat. Do you know what I mean? They're all new players to the system. So you could see that they were kind of... Like, there was a moment that I saw George Hewitt when he played at halfback and Lewis Young does that kick and he kind of looked at him as if to say, what the fuck did you do that for? Like, where's that kick come from? So that's something that the boys are going to have to learn. I've seen a few people talk about the bomb. Um, Really important to remember, a lot of people have talked about this the fourth and I'm going to have to get angry about this. The bomb kick is utilised by every club in the AFL when they are trying to harbour a lead. So if you go back and watch Geelong, the fourth quarter this week, they could have killed Hawthorne to an extent that it would have probably been illegal what they were going to do because they never got a second gear. They spent 10 minutes literally peppering behind the ball. And you could see this was preparation for when they play a very good team and that's what we did in the fourth. You saw that in the fourth. Spoke to a few Collingwood guys, count and stop playing in the goal kicking end. And you could see, and it was, I think it was 38 uncontested marks in that quarter alone. That says a lot about Cowton's second layer they need to add because you can't go five out of five. You can't go one out of five. Otherwise, you have games we had last year where we get run over the top of. You need that ability to control for five, six minutes of the quarter. And I thought that was good to see Carlton exploit practice for what it is. Let Collingwood come at you. Let's see what you can do. Because I'd rather Carlton get run over the top of in a practice game when there's not four points than round one go, it's all right, we'll do it. And then Richmond go, oh, you know what? Let's, let's have Carlton for breakfast. So some good signs, some good signs for the boys. And next week, I think even harder tests because I think Sydney have got a lot to prove themselves. Yeah. What about the VFL? There wasn't much reported on the VFL. And I had a few comments as well that came through in my review. And, and I think I saw a few tonight as well. Do we have any any news on the on the VFL? I know that there were certain goal kickers. I know that Harry Lemmy kicked two. I know that uh, Hudson O'Keefe kicked two. Uh, Binzi hit the scoreboard. Dow hit the scoreboard uh, in terms of the AFL listed plays, but uh, it wasn't too much. I obviously wasn't there. I don't know if anybody in the, in the comments was there. Pommy, did you hang around for the VFL at all? Unfortunately, I hung around for a bit of it, and then I had to get back to do parent things. But um, from my original takeouts, Kennedy was just way too good for that class. And uh, Pitonet was doing Pitonet things. You could see, though, there was a lot of Pitonet round 23. Right. That you can see why they're weaning him into the game because he didn't look quite as floaty as we saw at the start of last season. I do think he needed to definitely have a few more sessions until I'd be happy for him to play, but he was a cut above. Um, And then after that, I handballed uh, a couple of my good mates who wrote very in-depth reports to keep me in the loop. But my feedback that I got from them, and I do trust them, was O'Keefe and uh, Lemmy particularly have some talent that was noticeable in the first quarter as well. Lemmy moves very smoothly, puts a bit of size on working with the two best forwards of the business, working with one of the best key defenders and one of the best up and comers. That's only going to help him. Uh, Hudson, that's going to be a great battle between him and Murkoff. You'd say Hudson's got the class, better rook work. It's going to be interesting though, because both of them need to work around the ground. So that's going to be a great matchup in VFL with them two playing it. Um, Dow and Carol, um, for me, were disappointing from what I saw. And then reading the report, definitely need to step it up. It was very plodding. Uh, Dom still needs a bit of work, good pace. So from the AFL listed boys, Bins is the one we've left, missed out. Exactly like his draft profile, quick, big energy, loves to blaze it away. Bit of sharpening though, he needs a bit of sharpening. He's probably two or three rungs behind Mr. Holland, which I think he'd admit himself, but nothing that he can't sharpen up very quickly because he's a hungry guy. But all in all, 
yeah, the VFL team battered Collingwood's, and that's going to be good because we ideally we want to see the same blokes in the VFL week in, week out, week in, week out, because that is how they're going to find their way into the first. Right. Yeah, I mean, there was a few, there, there are now, which this is the most exciting part for me, just the storylines as they start emerging. So we'll unpack a few of them. We'll start with Kennedy. So he, he was initially named in the two sides. I assumed he'd be playing, I don't know, a half or, or three quarters in the ones and, and maybe a little bit in the twos. What a testament to him and where he's come from. The fact that the way he ran out the game didn't look like he had those heavy legs like what he has in the past. He's suddenly got this, I hate to use the word because we use it so much as fans, but burst, <laughs> um, a bit of burst. And the fact that he can back up and play again in that in that first quarter in the VFL just goes to show how far his fitness has come. Oh, he, he's gone the hard way. Do you know yeah. what I mean, Kennedy? And Kennedy, if if you're a Paddy Dow, you're looking at Kennedy and thinking, "I was Kennedy was probably me." Yeah, two three years ago, people were saying, "How does he fit in?" Do you know what I mean? And now he's definitely. You see, Kennedy and Hewitt. You can see why Cripper is so good. Do you know what I mean when them two play? That that's a huge thing for Cripps. Cripps owes part of his Brownlow to them two boys because he. He does the boring stuff that Kennedy and Hewitt do the boring stuff. So Cripps has that freedom to totter on forward. And it's no surprise there. Kennedy, yeah, like you say, he's really worked hard on his craft. And I think Luke nails it here, slimmed down, covered the ground. Like that he's definitely trimmer. But I think what's impressive about Kennedy is that engine is impressive. And you saw it in the first quarter versus Dow. When Kennedy is breaking lines and Dow isn't. That's a worry for me. And Dow's welcome to have an okay game. But for me, you're seeing, I wouldn't want to say commitment, because I think that's harsh on Dow, but you're definitely seeing application. And I think Kennedy, credit to him, because Jesus Christ, that was hot that day. That I don't know how he played five quarters. Like, fair play to Kennedy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was dead watching from the sidelines, sipping a cold beer. Mm-hmm. The others, the other names, oh, I've got to mention Nick Newman. Rarely do I remember watching games of football and being like, wow, Nick Newman, what a standout. I felt like, especially early on, especially in the first half, uh, he really, he just stood out to me. Wiedering was was a, a, a solid contributor, quiet, but you know, when a defender's quiet, it's because their opponent's not doing much at all as well. Uh, I didn't notice Wiedering as much. I didn't notice some of the, like Saad as well. But I, I just kept noticing Nick Newman. Um, and it got me thinking. Again, it's one practice game. Let's see how Friday night goes. But you know, we talk, we've been talking about Chincotta. We've been talking about Cowan, Brody Kemp to fill this Zach Williams role. And I'm like, Nick Newman's been there the whole time. And all of a sudden, the importance of him becomes highlighted immediately. You've got to remember, we did his preview. And I remember saying he was a lock for yeah. round 22. And there was a few people who disagreed. Mm-hmm. Most consistent player there. Like like Nick Newman, for me, is a guy that I look and Saad's going to have his bad games because of the way he plays. Saad, he's going to get caught out defensively. He has to. Do you know what I mean? Because of the way he plays, it's a very health lever type mindset. Nick Newman allows Saad to be Saad. Like Kennedy and Hewitt allow Crips to be Crips, Walsh to be Walsh, Chera to be Chera, because he just does his job, and he does his job all day long to a monotony. And that's why Nick Newman's so solid, because, you know, he understands the read of the play. He's got an incredible, credible understanding defensively of where to be. And the way, like we said at the start of the show, Cowton have added overlap. There was often a time you saw what Saad get past Acres, Acres slots in, when we get into the forward 50, just in case Carlton turn it over, that's smart football. Newman allows that and allows Hollands, allowed O'Brien to get well ahead of him and create that gap. Because he's strong defensively, he can handle that. So, no, I'm with you. And Newman needs a bit more love because I'll tell you what, they're the kind of guys that in 10, 15 years' time, when you win a flag, you forget about. And then there's the ceremony of where they get all together and all the people come and 
get to say farewell to them, everyone will be like, fuck, Newman was brilliant. Yeah, And you'll remember when he retires, when there's some other Flash Harry taking his job. I absolutely adore a little yeah. bit Nick Newman and definite walk-up start in that team just for his reliability. Yeah, for sure. The other one for me I want to bring up is the, so the forward line. We know we have one of the most dangerous, you know, one-two punches in the league in Harry and Charlie. I didn't leave that practice match knowing with any more clarity what that third goal kick is going to look like. I mean, I know Jack Silvani had a few shots on goal. Uh, Jesse Motlop was lively and energetic and created uh, good things. But I didn't leave that game confident on who that third or what that third option would be. Uh, I know Tom DeConing had a few moments as well, especially in that first half. Uh, I'm, I'm just not sure yet. I know, look, Jack Martin, um, he didn't play. So there's that. We saw a bit of Josh Honey, which was nice. Good to see him back on the park. I didn't leave that game with any indication as to what that third spot would look like, or that third reliable kick goal kicker would look like. Well, I, th- I think if you're going to play like that third, the way that Carlton's setup is, it has to be JSOS or Martin, I think. Right. And looking at how them roles were played, Josh Honey was definitely the placeholder for. Durden, do you know what I mean? Because he was he had a lot more chase time, a lot more chase time. So we're definitely going to play that medium-sized player. And I think people forget Martin has the advantage, like JSOS, that they can go on the smaller guy and do it. I think that the thing I would say is JSOS is going to give you the six out of ten, right? But from that, he's going to take like he did, I think it was two marks in the opening 20 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Inside 50 for a point. Now, that's no knock on JSOS, but that's been JSOS's game since he came in for the system. Difference is, Jack Martin has them two marks. It's two goals. Now, let's go for the negatives of Martin. You're probably going to get them two goals, eight games. Martin's probably going to have to have a rest. He's going to have a knock. JSOS, you know, is going to be available for 22 games. There are thereabouts. So there's the big indecision of what it is. But, I mean, me personally, I think Jack Martin probably will be looking at that and JSOS will probably be looking at that. And that's a great little battle to have because I think moving forward, looking at our forward line and how they played yesterday, Jesse Motlop's put so much work into his fitness. Looking at how far he comes back to help and Kerno doing that, allowing Mackay saying the goal square, you're definitely going to have to have that fitness. You're definitely going to have that fitness. And I think Jesse Motlop, understand why there's been a lot of talk about him because I tell you what, he stood next to Quaino, who. Collingwood have been building up and I'll tell you what fair play for I don't know if a few of my Collingwood mates are in chat I've seen a few of them earlier but they were all bigging up Quaino he's in ripping terrific Nick Quaino's done his work then Motlop went to him and I was like Jesus Motlop's not far behind him like Mm. Motlop is the first Carlton one-year footballer I can tell you has gone to the gym like he looks in like it's noticeable he looks yeah. like a man now, and he was bodying some Collingwood players. So I think as we get a bit more excited, a bit more into this, don't sleep on Jesse Motlop because I wouldn't be surprised if Motlop plays the Tom Papley half forward. Smaller guy, don't have to be tall though in today's game. You have to be crafty because he's got all that now. And so the way he manages to work arc to arc for two quarters was sensational. Yeah. And I mean, look, when I say a third goal kicker, I think traditionally speaking, there's that third option. Traditionally speaking, there's that third forward mid-size. I don't know if you can really rely on that anymore in this day and age. The game evolves so much. Is you know, We may just be a side where one week it's Zach Fisher kicking two goals. The next week, um, you know, Lockie O'Brien surges forward and kicks a couple. It, it may be that. Maybe, maybe there is no such thing as a reliable third goal kicker. Uh, but I look at, I guess I look at the top. I look at Geelong and I look at Hawkins. I look at Jeremy Cameron and I look at that as what we have with Harry and Charlie. And then I look at Stengel, you know, and, you know, is that Jesse Motlop? Is that what that's going to look like? I guess they're, you know, those teams at the top, you have those names where, you know, those are your three cornerstones and everybody else contributes week to week. I know we're a different team. We're similar in some ways. We're different in others. 
you know, Cripps kicked 20 goals last year, for example. So, so there's that. He led, uh, I think he kicked the most goals for a midfielder uh, last season in the AFL. So I do take that into consideration as well, but it would be nice to know that we have that next option and, and reliably know who that's going to be. I, I I mean, I think that you don't want Cripper to be your third best goal kicker. Um, yeah. I, I think if you're looking for that medium-sized third, there's a reason that Carlton want to rest Cripper forward, which they did successfully last year. We saw it a lot at Collingwood. It caused chaos in yeah. the fourth. Cripper is there. So I think Carlton have that option, which means they've got to gravitate another option. And I think Motlop probably is. Probably people are sleeping on him. I could see a foreseeable way that Carlton do play Durden, Motlop, and Owies in the same forward line. Because watching Motlop there, I saw a lot of Tom Papley in him. Because Tom Papley always in the start of his career, and you go back, David King, you know I love to rip him on this show. He was very hot on Tom Papley, was too small to play half forward when he first came into the system. Name me a better player when he slots at half forward than him. He kills you. Toby Green, he isn't big. He he does his damage there. Jesse Motlop, it's just that because you're always getting that horrible third-sized player. Motlop yeah. will kill them. So I've got a feeling Motlop gets it right. I reckon yeah. he could be it. And Motlop, ironically, one of Carlton's more cleaner goal kickers at goal. Think from memory, he was second. Let me just bring that up so I haven't lied to you. Yeah, second for goal accuracy at the club. So do you know what I right. mean? Like, bit bit deadly. There's a reason they call him deadly. I like it. Before we move on, were there any other names that you wanted to bring up that maybe haven't been mentioned enough? Uh, I think the midfield was pretty well covered. I think the wingers were covered with Akers, Hollands, O'Brien. trying to think. Was there anybody else that maybe, or any other any other notion that didn't get brought up? I think Alex, Alex Murkoff, I've got to give him huge raps. Okay. Um, is he ready for AFL? No. But am I getting more happy that he potentially could play? Certainly. The, the credit to the development crew at Cowton from where he was. I'll tell you what, three when we picked him up, I was like, what the fuck is Nick Austin doing? You know what I mean? I remember going to see the first VFL game he played, and I was like, oh, my God, we've signed this kid. Nick Austin <laughs> is having a bubble. And I'll tell you, where he is now for his tap work, absolutely phenomenal. He actually looks like a proper footballer. Actually looks like a Ruckman. Work to do around the ground, but brilliantly, he's got Hudson O'Keefe, who has got the same issue. So I think them two together, brilliant. Um, the other one, Hewitt, put some respect in that man's name. Me and Paolo were discussing this. For me, close to best on ground. Do you know what I mean? For influence of what he does. You look at what he does and how he allows the midfield to play. Him and Kennedy never get the love that they deserve because they allow that midfield to tick. And you know what? I was watching Hewitt and Kennedy in that first quarter and thought, fuck Crips off. I could do his job playing with them too. So do you know what I mean? That's how good he is from a structural point of view. And the other one we've got to give some respect to, and I'm not saying... I, I told you so, but I mean, it might be worth just bringing him up one more time. Look at this guy, Lockie. Look, mate, tell you uh, how that kid isn't is isn't a top 10 pick. Tell you what, the only people that will say he's not ready, this is from Uncle Pom. Ban yourself from listening to anything about first-year players unless they've watched more than a highlight reel. This kid ready-made. Him and Jim Cotter... Made me forget about Zach Williams by halftime. Absolutely made me forget. But Lockie, I think, in my opinion, I'd love to know what chat is. He's ahead of Zincott for one reason. One reason. I think Cotter just needs to get that 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 Matty Cottrell out of him. I wanted right. to see him take off a little bit more. He was reliable and did the safe thing. I think looking at how Voss wants that back line to move the ball, he wants someone dangerous. And I've been consistent. Mateus Filippo is a walk-up win for the Rising Star. I'm starting to regret putting a couple of hundred on it, so I've actually going to stick 50 on this guy just to cover my bets. I'll tell you what, that kick in the fourth, over the top, no one at the football club can kick as far as this guy. That's guaranteed. 
This is the next Daniel Rich with defensive skill. This kid, another fucking level. Mate, the penetration in his kicking was... was, It was... Mate, it was... What was the last... Yeah. We might have gone early on the wolf. I don't know. The penetration on his kicking was was a real clear standout. Mate, what turned me on is the first quarter, I actually thought he was cabbage. I thought he was rubbish. Right. And then I remember texting one of my mates because he was like, I've got him in my fantasy team because of your big up. And he was a bit unhappy. When Taylor Adams punched him in the knee and he stood up and he was still gobbing off as they were being pushed apart, I was like, you watch him now. This kid here loves it when you get in his face. And he just went from strength to strength, you know. That fourth quarter kick, though, go back and watch it. One of the best things. And one of the best things I've seen, the little sidestep, the shimmy, he saw Harry out on his own, drilled it over 18 Collingwood players, landed on a sixpence. Not many people can do that. Lockie is good. So, honestly, anyone who tells you, ah, he's not ready, he's not ready, they've never watched the game. They've never watched him. They've never watched him. So, honestly, their opinion is worth Kid is another level, another level. Tell you what, so good, so good. Great start, though. He's got to back it up next week. But as of now, tell you what, that, that's going to look back as a bargain. We said top 10 pick if he wasn't from Tassie. Right. Absolute primo player. All right. Well, there you go, ladies and gents. There is your fantasy cheapy for the year, Lucky Cowan. Um, we have 24 minutes to go, so we're going to move on. It. All right. Let's talk about you – know, let's get rid of this photo for a moment. Sorry, Lucky. Let's Just talk about the going. AGM. Forever. <laughs> this was a fascinating view. I was leaving home. I, I couldn't go. I was getting ready for the wedding. Had to be up in up in Moonda. So I watched it and went straight there. So I, I watched it on stream. Um, I don't know if anybody in the chat watched the AGM. Um, God, what did I take away from it? What did I take away from it? Well, first of all, the way that they live streamed it was the first time they've done it like that. So well done to the club for putting it on like that. It wasn't very well, it wasn't very uh, or highly publicized. And I can understand now why, because it did get a little bit, emotional we'll call it and a little bit um i don't know it, it, it was sort of i felt like one in five questions was a, a good question or an interesting question and the rest was just i don't know what it was you know everyone has their own levels of importance for what they think is important to ask the footy club but i thought only one in five and there weren't many questions about football than what they were everything else um yeah drunk hill agms are always like council town hall meetings only the nutters show up it's it was it, well look it was a little bit of that but also at the same time i mean supporters are, are supporters so that's fine but what i took out of the entire experience was just how the prez luke sayers conducted himself i was really impressed with that you know it's easy to watch how he conducts himself when we're going well um, but when the you know difficult and sometimes unfair questions are being thrown at him and the camera is on him at all times and just watching every little bit of body language, it was it was a big tick for me. I think also having Brian Cook there again, it just reinforces that that notion of why we brought him to the club and what he brings to the club, the experience. You know, he can handle these situations. The way he controls the tone of the conversation was really, really something that I, I took away from that. Um, but yeah, th- th- those are my takeaways. I just can't understand why you would go to an AGM. And I need to get this off my chest because if I do it on Twitter, I'll upset someone, right? How you can go to these and have the opportunity to speak to the inner workings and waste not just the board members' time, Right, that's fair enough. They're they're probably in six-figure jobs, living the life of Riley. Their time can be wasted, but waste my time hearing things that you can fucking Google. Right, so that is things like will car parking be available on the grass at the AGM? That's that's things like have the membership numbers been ratified? That's things like other financials in play, which the AFL itself 
announced in 2020 that they commit almost a quarter of a million to independent reviews of every club's financials, membership statuses, everything they do that is independently audited to prevent a Carlton salary cap scandal, to prevent membership fudge numbers getting benefits from the AFL. It is heavily ratified. So Google it. Google it. It's really easy. You don't have to waste Sayers' time. And for me, that annoys me because I think there is way too many people having connection and time and time the club, time and time again, this football club wastes its own time pandering their agendas that have nothing to do with this football club. So for me, the people that I want to hear ask the football club questions are the people in chat, are people like Terry, are people like Paolo, who incidentally answered, asked one of only two football-relevant questions. Two. I want to hear these people ask questions because your uh, your agenda is what the agenda should be winning football matches. We don't need to know about financials. We don't need to know about memberships. And I'll tell you for why, two reasons why. Number one, AFL independently reviews anything. So nothing dodgy can go on in today's age without it being busted. And number two, big number two, it's all about Carlton is so big, us and Collingwood could hemorrhage 200 million a year. The AFL will always bail us out because we are a massive part of the history. North Melbourne, they want to worry about it because they want a team in Tassie. So if they start hemorrhaging money, they'll go. Absolute waste of time. And it makes the club, I think, if I was the club, I'd see that AGM and go, you know what? The fan base are fucking morons. Not going to lie. What? There were some, there were moments there where the questions got asked, and I'm like, oh my god, because it reflects like it's like it's like we're all that, you know. It was, it was a little disappointing to hear where some of the questions went, but at the same time, if that is, I mean, it takes guts to get up there and ask a question knowing it's live streamed. So I guess it people felt strongly enough to ask certain questions. Not relevant though, Terry. That's what I'm I saying. know. It's yeah, I know. I know, I know. It's just, you know, it was interesting. I think Paul Sebastiani, after maybe 45 minutes, asked a question and it was like, what have we put in place to win premierships for the AFLW? You know, it was, it was, and that's where the whole conversation turned, really. Uh, I think they made note as well of the question and how good it was. So I think we've got some work to do there. But look, all in all, again, the way our leaders conducted themselves in that session was, was, first class and I think the club should be commended for putting on that live stream because I remember I've done this a few times. Do you remember the the old AGMs in twenty nineteen and it was only a um it was only a text to submit your question. It wasn't there was no video. So I guess we're we're moving forward in that regard. So well done. Well done uh to the club for that. I think that, you know, credit where credit is due. And we move on. You know, we 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 had, you know, the EGM scare a few years ago and, and all of that. So I, I don't know what's going on. All I know is as a 31-year-old supporter of the club, I, I don't remember seeing as much stability in a 12-month period as what I what what we are living through right now. And that is very sad to say, but also this is it. We've got some stability. Let's just keep going on the path. I feel like we're on the right track. I thought the big takeout for me was Brian Cook. Oh, yeah. who, um, you know, for the first time, Carlton aren't very brave, I don't think. I don't think anyone in our leadership has ever been brave to fuck the system a little bit yeah. because I think of probably what we did were pro probably by rights. The AFL punished us. Probably a bit scary. Brian Cook calling out the AFL in its handling of the AFLW. Mm. That, I thought that was huge to hear us when he said that there was a lack of vision coming from the higher-ups at AFL of what AFLW needs to look like. And that is something that Carlton want clarification on for them moving forward to take the girls to the next level. Brilliant, because this show, before we had the AFLW show, when it was just me and Shan, that was something we talked about a lot, that I don't think they've even run the AFL right before you get to Carlton. Yeah. Right? I don't think they know what to do. So how the hell is anyone running the AFLW for a club know what to do if the powers that be don't? For me, that was big, because... I'm glad Cookie's there because I get a feeling that Cookie's going to get us 
the women in the right place. And I'd love, if you get to the AGM next time, someone ask about the NGA. One NGA player, one NGA player in, what, seven years now of having that academy? The fuck's going on with that? That, that costs the club money. Like, like, so next time when you go, don't think who can vote. No one cares who can vote. Do you know what I mean? Manchester United took out all the titles in the 90s. Arsenal did in the noughties. Guess what? Members have no fucking say. We deal with it. We want to win, right? What's happening with the NGA? Where's the money going for that? Like, one yeah. player in all this time, That that's, that's the next thing. I'd love Cookie to tell us. Why are we not attracting quality stars? I know Sydney have the monopoly on it. We should be able to get this monopoly going because we're a big club. So, yeah. interesting, interesting times. But I agree with you. Luke Sayers, Brian Cook. Well done. Good hands. Well done. I think the other important question that came up was about the pokies and the injury. So the injury review, we'll start there. Nothing was said that we haven't already heard before. Um, you know, I think, I don't know if they really know. Who knows what it really is? I don't think, I think we we want there to be some form of causation as to what the situation is with the injury um, bug, we'll call it. Uh, the reality is they've they've changed up the way certain players are going through preseason. We can see that with Jack Martin not playing. Uh, we can see that with with Mitch McGovern not playing, even though they're not necessarily injured. Caleb Marchbank as well. We can see that happening as we speak. Um, but it, it was certainly it wasn't shied away from. And then the pokies, it was which was one of the. I guess it was an interesting question. We we were one of four clubs to make twenty million dollars, I think, in revenue from the pokies and. Cookie basically said, look, we haven't entered into any new deals for any new machines. We're, you know, I guess as an industry, well, how do, what's your take on the pokies? It's a tough one, isn't it? Because, I mean, obviously, society, I mean, I, I'm a big advocate that I don't think we we should be, but I will counter this that I don't see why Carlton should get rid of the pokies when the AFL every fucking game tells me if I ring this number, I can put $20 on Clayton Oliver having yeah, 30 touches. Because I, I would actually it's... say phone gambling is worse than pokies. I've got to leave my house to play the pokies. You're telling me I can just use my cell phone and text a number and spend yeah. my kids' inheritance. So like I'd you... like to see it banned. Yeah, it's like you, you reduce the pokies revenue, but the, the gambling revenue is only going to skyrocket considering how much it is advertised. It's crazy. You know I mean, for, for me, the AFL has to make that a blanket ban and say even we're going to stop doing it. And you see all the players with it. But exactly like Oliver says, the problem is, is it's a little bit like smoking in soccer. We saw a massive grassroots problem in soccer because we banned tobacco companies and all that money moved. And suddenly that affected it because it takes a while to replace 20 million. Do you know what I mean? If anyone in chat's got 20 million, I'm sure the club would remove the pokies. It's one of them things. So I don't like it. However, it may be a necessary evil. Do you know what I mean? Until the AFL blanket bans it, do you know what I mean? What are the club meant to do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I, I get it. I, I think there's hypocrisy everywhere. And I, I mean, Paul Hill made a really good comment here. People want black and white answers. That is rarely the case. Spot on. There's there's context in in, in all in all facets. Uh, thanks, Corin. Three bucks. Hope you're well. Let me just give Uger a shout out as well. He's just dropped a, a cheeky eighty bucks. Says he can't wait for hey. round one. Thank you, mate. Um, but yeah, that was the summary of the AGM. I don't think we need to talk too much more about it. Uh, let me touch on the season launch event. Let me give you an update. So. We currently have 25 tickets remaining. There will be 100 people in attendance. It is on Saturday, the 11th of March. It's exciting. I'm going to play a little promo for the Jumper Punch. And they've also, they're also going to get a little, uh, they're going to have a little special someone on there. And I'm going to tie into why I'm playing this clip. So stand by. What is what do you mean, mate? Like, he just, he, he can't make it. Well, he said, well, this is, we've had four months off. And he can't even make whoa, the second whoa, whoa, show. Whoa, 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 I'll be Mars. I'll be Mars today. I'll tell you why. Because this show needs some class. <laughs> Man, you can't just like walk in and just be part of the show. Mate, do you want me to start or not? Do you want me to be here? 
do you want, do you want to be part of the show? Do you want me to be part of this show? Yes or no? All right. Let's get it on the road. Very good. Angie's on the couch. He's on the couch. Uh, He's going to be talking about the season launch event. He's got some news for you, for those of you who have already bought tickets, for those of you who haven't. um, First of all, the link is in the chat right now. Jump on the link right now and get them. I promise you there are only Get there, Webby. I want a beer with my favorite friend. Yeah. I owe you a beer as well after the game. There are 25 left. The link is there. Uh, There will be... Special guests. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Now, tomorrow, 8 p.m., the Jumper Punch boys are, are back. They're there. They're back. We're going to consider moving the show to 7 p.m. this season just to accommodate for, for bedtimes and the like. We might test something out there, but the boys will be back, and we will all be there on Saturday, the 11th of March. Uh, I'll be honest. I did not expect tickets to sell <laughs> this quickly. I thought we'd be. Uh, I thought we'd still be selling the week of the event, but nonetheless... It's going to be fantastic. Can't wait. Can't wait. Pommy's going to be there. Actually, Pommy, just on that, the amount of messages I got on Saturdays from people saying how much they, like they'd met you for the first time and how much they loved you and they couldn't believe that it, it, mate, mate, it's, 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 you've come a long way from who's that Pommy bastard talking about this footy, <laughs> talking about our game. What would he know? Mate, I've got to say, truly humbled um, to meet you on. I can't wait to meet you all when we get there, having a few beers. Um, met so many people. It's a real delight. And honestly, I, I can't get enough of being stopped to take a picture with. It's it's actually really humbling. So even my wife enjoys it now when we're out and about. If you come and say hi, she it makes her day more than it does mine. She's like, check you out. But I can't wait. Hope to see you all. You know, do you know what I mean? I'm looking forward to doing a shoey with you all. Uh, at this, I have never done a shoey, so I think it's only right that we do. Uh, uh, and yeah, John and his family got to meet John and his family, so it was great to see loads of names I saw. You're all legends in my yes, book, yes, absolutely. So we'll tick that item off the agenda now. Before we finish off tonight, let's talk about Sydney. So this is exciting. Friday night, we get a little tease of the season because it's it's a Friday night game for most of us. We're going to be watching from from the tally, unless unless those of you who, who go to the game or those of you who live in Sydney. So there will be a watch along. There'll be fan cams. The whole normality will be back. But real talk, what are we? What are our thoughts on this week? I mean, from a from a selection point of view, are you, are you still just playing the group that played on Saturday, or is this the chance where you throw in Dow? You see what he's about. You throw in Jack Carroll into the squad. Um, there's so many questions. Is Martin going to play? We're going to give Mitch McGovern a tune up. I don't think Cripps is playing. There's so many different um, angles here. I think for this, I'd, I'd I'd love to see McGovern Marchbank get a half each. I think this yeah. is the stage of where we want to get these guys. Even like I've said this a lot. I think there's a way too much emphasis played in AFL that you've got to play a game of football to play in the first team. I think you look at other world sports, just 15, 20 minutes to wean them in. Because I think Marchbank, McGovern, they just, as long as their fitness is there, you can shelve them after a quarter. Just give them a quarter. They catch a few overhead marks. They kick it out to the wingers. Wingers are presenting well. And then you shelve them, you ice them for round one. But I'm really intrigued. I want to see that battle between Honey, Jesus and Martin. I'd love all three of them there saying, right, one job, one spot up for grabs. Let's see it. I'm looking forward to that. Really would love to see Pitonet help TDK because I know Webby will love me for saying this. Watching TDK's first quarter, he, he, he had me a believer, Webby. I can tell you, he had me a believer. If Pitonet can take 60% of them taps and give him some freedom, tell you what, I reckon TDK could be quite the player. So I really want to see them players, but Really, I just want no injuries. Like, yeah, of course. I'm not asking much. I just want to see 28 players play and then 28 players come home. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm more than happy to go along with this narrative around managing loads and modified programs for McGovern, Marchbank and Jack Martin. Happy to go along with it. But if they don't play on Friday night and we get to round one and then we're told that they're still unavailable, 
I'm going to be a little irritated because that's that's the narrative that's kind of been coming our way. Like we're managing them. I'd be worried if either of them don't play a minute of, of scratch match before round one. And then, I mean, if they're named, that's interesting. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer of the managed program. I am, but I want to see them. I want to see them on Friday, even yeah. a half. Martin plays five minutes, takes a mark, kicks a goal from 50. Just take Straight him off. Straight to the bench. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Well done. That's all you do anyway in a game anyway. Have five minutes and kick four goals. Fuck off. Like, that's what I want to see. I just want to see that competition, though, for places using my eyes. That That's all I want. But aside from that, I just want this game out of the way because Richmond, Thursday, round one. No, that's where it starts, isn't it? I know. What is it? It's 17 days away. It's two weeks. It's two weeks from now. Goodness That's me. it, mate. Wow. Precipice. Goodness me. What else have we got? We've got five minutes. Now, in five minutes' time, the Almost Blues Brothers will premiere, so we'll probably get off here in three or four minutes, give you all 60 seconds to get a drink, and then the Blues Brothers will be on. Pommy, what else is on your mind this Monday evening? I've got to apologize to my good friend, Bugs Bell, because uh, mm-hmm. he, he evidently stood there at the bar shouting Pommy a few times, and evidently I walked straight past him. So, Bugs Bell, my good man, I apologize. <laughs> Faba Ganoush from the Prendercast. He's all about the hair. Thanks, mate. I'm going with something new this year. We're going to grow it out. <laughs> grow it um, out, are you? Yeah, I'm going to grow it out. I'm going to see what we do. I've, it's real Bryce Gibbs 2014, which I didn't like at the time. And here I am. So uh, I thought you were that. just going for a Kerner. <laughs> well, that can happen. That can happen. Uh, hey, important update as well we had last week. The besties, mate. They did it. They got episode one out. And let me tell you, I I don't listen to a lot of Carlton content, if I'm honest. There's just so much. Um, I, I listened to the girls for t- that whole episode, 20 minutes. And I remember when we first sat down and they said, hey, we want to do a podcast. I remember thinking, okay, who doesn't? That's that's the truth. People will come <laughs> and ask often. Like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And and that's awesome. But nothing really matters until you do the thing. The, the doing part is the most important. And I remember thinking, all right, let's see. Let's see how it goes. I think the last, let's say 2023, from, from the stroke of new year, it's 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 great to see the focus put into something like this. And I just want to say well done to the girls um, and what they've done creating that space for, for the girls to talk about footy. Um, we are in a different world. We are no longer in a world where the ladies don't are not allowed to talk about the football. That's not the world. That's not the way it is right now. So to, to see them foster that is really, is really exciting. And I think it needs to be acknowledged. Mate, I'm speaking to them personally over the six months. I am incredibly proud of not only the content they've produced, but also the development they've had as human beings as well. From Tori and Jasmina being in my inbox six months ago to the Tori and Jasmina now in my inbox. It's night and day. And I'm incredibly proud as an old man of just how mature and how hardworking these young girls are. So if you don't get a chance to check them out, Total different vibe to me and Terry they are, but I'll tell you what, there there maybe is a bit of Terry and Pom in both of them there, and I've got to say, all day at work, I have been using the stop pause from Jasmina. It is incredibly effective to shut someone up. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's Honestly, it is. To have to have Shannon, to have Kira, you got Jasmina, you got Tori, and the rest of the besties now, it's great. So, well done, ladies. Okay. Let's go. Guys. Shout out Kira Shannon as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Have a great evening. Enjoy the Almost Blues Brothers. Take a moment. Get a drink of water. And they'll be starting shortly. Thanks, Pommy. Good night, everyone. Night. Actually, I might play this to finish. (laughs) The 2023 AFL season. Crazy.
direction. He lost it. Oh, he's going to well do. 